0: The text is from Galatians chapter 2 verses 15 through 21 we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners yet we know that a person is justified not by the works of the law but through the faith of Christ Jesus we have come to believe in Christ Jesus so that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by doing the works of the law, because no one will be justified by the works of the law. But if, in our effort to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have been found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. But if I build up again the very things that I once tore down, then I demonstrate that I am a transgressor for through the law i died to the law so that i might live to god i have been crucified with christ and it is no longer i live i who live but in is christ who lives in me and the life i now live in the flesh i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me i do not nullify the grace of god for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing.
1: Thanks, Martha. Hi, everyone. This is kind of a continuation that we're, we're joining here. Last week, we talked, we're, we're going through the letters uh, the, of Paul to the Galatians. And last week, he has had a confrontation with Peter, Peter who was once uh, dining and, and socializing with the, the pagans, the, the Gentiles. Uh, now that there's a group of people that have come from uh, James, he has separated himself. So last week we see Paul uh, kind of abruptly confronting him. And this is kind of a continuation of this. We're, we're still in this, uh, this moment here. And what Paul is continuing to say is that uh, you, have, you have separated the room here, uh, Peter, by your actions here, and there should be no separation here. Um, the one thing I, I want to get kind of clear first is that sinners, in this context, was more of a label. Uh, people that were pagans, people that were Gentiles, they were sinners. Sinners. There was the chosen, so two, two phrases I want us to, to focus on, the chosen people of God and the sinners. If you were not a chosen person of God, you were just a sinner. You were born that way, that's just who you were. And so these labels now are what has divided the room. You've got the, the Jewish people that were the chosen people of God, they have followed Torah the, all their life, they have, uh, you know, they have been a part of this, and now these newcomers are coming in, uh, the ones that are different and, but they have all their life, they have been told that they are sinners. And Paul confronts Peter on this. He actually says, when you when you build uh, have, have torn down a wall and you build that back up again, what he's talking about is you tore down the wall that separated you guys. I've seen you do it. And now that your buddies are here, you're separating the room, you're building that wall back up. And that's where he says you're a transgressor. That's when he's saying you are not the sinner the label, you are choosing to sin when you do that. And so he's really con- uh, confronting him on this. And he starts to talk about something that we sometimes hear a lot, sometimes we hear it out of context, that it is our faith and not our works. And many people, they'll pull this out and they'll say it's just talking about salvation. This is what it's all about. It's about how we get that ticket to heaven and all of this kind of stuff. But in the context of this letter, Paul is still continuing where he's at. He is still continuing to talk about the circumstance in the room. Now, it does have an echo. It does have more to do with that. But right now, Paul's focus is is on you are separating. You are still calling people sinners, and you are still calling people chosen ones. But since the resurrection when Christ eliminated sin, what he's saying is he eliminated the labels. There are no sinners now. We are all people of God, and that is by our faith. Now, he talks about faith, and he talks about, uh, there's, well, there's two Greek words that I'm going to try my best to pronounce. I've been practicing this all day. Pistis, which means when he refers to faith, it also means trust. It, it's it's a, the Greek that he's using in this means faith, trust, you know, believing in somebody. Like I would believe in you, I trust you, that kind of thing, like that. Okay, and dikai zi, dikai, <laughs> uh, dikai zone, uh I just lost it again. Brian, help me out here. Dikaiosune. Dikaiosune. Yes. Thank you, Brian. Let's hear it for Brian. <laughs> yes. Dikaizōne. Yes. Thank you. That means uh, he's talking about justification, but he's also talking about righteousness, being that chosen person of, of God. It, it's all Greek to me. So that's, uh, thank you, thank you very much. I'm here all week. Uh, but, but So when he's talking about this, he's talking about justification, he's talking about faith and all of this kind of stuff. And what he's trying to, to press upon the people that he's talking to, remember this is the argument that he's having with Peter. He's trying to, trying to press that you think that you have earned your way through all of the things that you're, you're doing, and that that has somehow given you the, the, uh, the better tables in the room. But by the sacrifice of Christ, by the resurrection, all of that has been annihilated. And Paul should know this. Paul was a Pharisee. Paul was a person that lived and breathed the law. He was a person that was uh, very strict about the law. He followed Torah. He was, he was very, very adamant about that. And what he's saying is as soon as Christ entered his life, he was a changed person. The old person that he was died, and he is, in essence, a, in a born again. He, is a new, he has a new identity. And what he's saying is, I have a new identity in Christ because Christ is in me. I am in Christ. And so I am not that person that was a slave to the law anymore. I have been crucified with, that person has been uh, with the crucifixion of Jesus. That person died. I am this person now. I am in the eyes of God. I am justified. I am righteous. I am a, a follower of Christ because of the faith of Jesus and because of my faith in Jesus. And he's saying the same is happening with the people that you are separating yourself from. They were born into this world labeled sinners. But because of that resurrection, because of that sacrifice, there are no sinners anymore. That separation, that label, they are of the body of Christ just like you are. And the, the rules, the laws, all of this kind of stuff has nothing to do with that. We were all have died with Christ, but our faith our faith in Christ, pistis, our faith and trust in Jesus has made us new a new group of people. A new group of people that should be having meals together, socializing together, uh, creating the church together. Now, that not that wonderful? You, you, I wish we could abbreviate that and put it on a refrigerator magnet because that would be, that's right there is the message of what we're all about, that, of opening those doors, of welcoming people, of sharing the faith for, for whoever we come from and all of that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, this letter, this argument, still goes on, and it still goes on in churches today. Now, I, I know that uh, some people look at this and they focus, again, like I say, on just this is your ticket to salvation and all that kind of stuff. But Paul wants us to focus in this particular uh, part of the letter on the here and now, on the community of Christ, and how we are not allowing certain people in because of this thing. We think that we are the action people. It's because of the things that we have done that has earned us this spot, and we think that those people haven't done anything, and so why should they be sitting at the table with us? And that's the kind of argument that we still have. We still have that argument today. I, I, um, I used to serve a, a church. Uh, it was one of my first uh, churches that I served, and this church was... Gorgeous! It was um, beautiful. It was one of those churches that um, you couldn't afford to, to build it today. I mean, it was it's, it was over a hundred years old. Uh, the members were over a hundred years old. It was, but it was just it was just um, stunning. And I remember when I first uh, the first day that I walked in, I looked around and they had. On the walls and all of this kind of stuff, they had uh, like art, and they had uh, beautiful uh, stained glass windows, and they had all of this kind of neat churchy things, you know, with the candle that does the thing and all of that, you know. And it was just gorgeous all over the place. But what I couldn't help but notice is that under every, every one of those things, was a little plaque. This was given by. Uh, this is donated by, this is in the memory of, and I started to think about all of the things, and I started to look, and I found myself focusing less on the imagery of the church and imagery of Christ, and more on this wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the do de- do de- you know, and I felt like I was in one of those museums where you look at a piece of art, and it says on loan by the Johnsons, you know, and all that kind of stuff, and I remember, I, I, this was new to me, I had not like I, I've told before, I didn't grow up in, you know, a traditional church and things like that. So this, this kind of threw me off. And I remember I sat uh, in my, one of my first meetings of, like, the leadership team. And I just said, what is, uh, I can't help noticing that everything's got a name tag on it. You know, what, what's with that? And one of the guys said, oh, yeah, this is something that is... Uh, has just been going on for too long. And he pointed over to this, um, in the corner of this conference room that we were in, this rickety uh, TV stand. I recognized it because I'd seen those in the 70s in libraries. They were used to move around gigantic tube televisions, you know? And so they were just these solid metal things like that. And this one over in the corner was, was doing nothing. Because the TVs that they had, they were mounted. You know, like everybody, they, they were mounted. There was no need to move anything or anything, but it's, there it sat. And he pointed at it, and he said, we can't get rid of that. Because if you look closely, on the, the little metal piece there, this is made possible by so-and-so and such-and-such. And they said, you know, this started out as a thing, but... We don't know what to do with this now because it's you know it was given and, and all that kind of stuff, and what happened was over a hundred years of this kind of stuff, they developed this culture that was more about who gave what, the actions, and less about what they were giving. Uh, it's and you know a lot of these things they started out with really good intentions. They really did. People wanted to honor people, and people loved their church, and they wanted to give, and things like that. They they really did. It started out with the, the most noble things. And for many of the people there, it stayed that way. But for some, their actions became more of their focus. It became so much of their focus that they thought, I give more, so why shouldn't I get more of a say? If I give more than these guys, then shouldn't I have more power and control in this church than those guys? And they developed this culture to where there are just a few of these families that gave a lot and made it known that they gave a lot. You know, they were the ones that, you know, given to by anonymous, and then they told everyone that they were anonymous, you know. They gave so much that the The people that gave what they could but couldn't match what they gave lived in fear of these folks, and it became so political in that church. And the people that gave what they could were the majority, but they feared the people that gave all of the other stuff because the people that gave all of the other stuff can always threaten to pull their money if they didn't get their way. And it got down to the fact where they were uh, dictating how the church should look. They were dictating how the, the design and the, even the wall decorations. We had a, a fellowship hall and they, they put in things in the, in the fellowship hall that nobody else had a say over. They just did it because they gave more. And it was the ugliest stuff I've ever seen in my life. It had nothing to do with church or anything. It was like weird spoky things and all of this kind of stuff. It looked like it looked like you were at an antique sale for the people that made the movie Saw, you know? The just It was really scary stuff, you know? And, but they were, and it was like you walk into a church and you think, oh my God, and maybe that's the point. They wanted you to scream that. But, so I, I can understand what Paul's talking about, how sometimes we get caught up into following the law and about our actions, we get caught up into that so much that what happens is it becomes our focus, and it takes us actually, our actions and our following of the law and all that stuff can actually take us away from the thing that we're actually supposed to be following. It's human nature. You know, I'm I'm not trying to say anything bad, but I'm, I'm trying to say that when Paul is talking about this, if we're just jumping to salvation, we lose the focus on what he's talking about Is a warning to us that we can get so caught up into the things that we're doing and the actions that we're doing that it becomes so much about us then. And it's human nature that we start to do this and do this, and you think, oh, I just did, I did all this, and people start to say, oh, I love what you did there and everything like that. And before you know it, you start to do, oh, I'm patting myself on the back and all that kind of stuff. And then it becomes more about me and more about that stuff and everything like that, and you're further and further away from the faith. The faith actually starts to suffer because you're more focused on faith in you and the results that you're getting rather than doing the work of God and doing the work of Christ. This, there was a couple of families in this, in, in this setting that became so consumed with the power over the church that they started to lose their focus of why the church was there. When I first came, this church uh, size-wise uh, was uh, one of the biggest. In, in, in the town and there were other churches in that town that if they had a funeral that brought in too many people they wanted to use this church because it had more people it more had more space they, they couldn't they, they, their buildings weren't big enough and so this church started a policy where they would rent the worship center to these churches um, so that they could have their funerals there I thought it was a little odd that we would charge people that were going through, obviously, a a crisis in their their life and everything like that to use the space because we weren't using it at the time. It was was not hurting us in any any way, shape, or fashion. I just thought it was the Christian thing to do is to let them use it, that they would rent it. And then... They started to slowly, the, the people that felt like they had done so much of the action, they started to not only dictate the price, the price that kept going up, but they started to dictate the behaviors of the people when they were at the funerals. Uh, there was one funeral in particular that was a, um, it, it, it was a lot of farmers, a lot of, of rural area. A lot of very hardworking people, and a lot of people that weren't really churchgoers very much, but someone had died that they loved, and there uh, the the place was full, and one guy uh, came in, and you know I don't think he had been into church that often, uh, and he came in with a cowboy hat, and because he always wore it. That's just what he did. You go, you, know, you go to certain parts of the state and people wear cowboy hats, you know. Um, but the next day, oh, those families were livid. It, 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 they, it was almost as if somebody came in and threw a rock through one of those stained glass windows. They went to the policy and procedure part of this whole funeral thing, of the, the, the price that kept going up and the policy and everything. Then they made an amendment to it. And they wrote in it, if you're gonna have a funeral here, you're gonna pay this much and you're gonna be in this much and this much. And if you are a man, you will remove your hat. It became so much about the rules and the policy that they did not even notice that there were people grieving somebody and that there were people that were coming to church hurt. It was awful. They may have started giving to this church with the best intentions, but it became so inward focused that they they could no longer focus on why they were there. I, I, I did my first really unpopular thing with them. Uh, the first thing that I did is uh, we didn't remove the existing plaques, but we made a policy that no more would be made, that gifts would be giving uh, If you gave a gift, that was fine, but there, your name was not going to be on it. And then I said... Uh, we're a church, we're not gonna charge for funerals. If somebody needs to use this church as a place of worship, it's not like we're renting it out to a bachelor party or anything like that. If you are here, if you're another church that needs a place where you, you're just there to grieve, our doors are open to you. And, and that pretty much led to me almost getting kicked out of that church. Uh, they went to my district superintendent they, they sent a letter, I believe, to the bishop. They, they were livid because they were used to getting their way, and I had the audacity to question it. And this is what's happening right now in Paul's letter. There are people that have been so caught up into the rules and the laws and they have gotten to the point where they're patting themselves on the back because they are the ones that are contributing and they see these folks that come in that aren't very church, that don't have that history, that haven't been there for 100 years, coming in and saying, we want to be a part of the, the body of Christ too. And they're the ones that are saying, yeah, but it's got to be conditionally because we have earned this. And Paul is saying, nobody has earned this. Nobody. If we think that we have earned it, then Christ died for nothing. Every single one of us is here because of the faith of Christ, the faith of Jesus, and our faith in Jesus. That is why we're here. My challenge for us this week is that wherever you go, whether it's in the church here, whether it's the store, whether it's your home, you don't look for the plaques. You don't look for what you've earned. But you give thanks for the faith that has got you where you are. The faith that has got you where you are and that same faith that has gotten them where they are and we celebrate the fact that we are a body a community of faithful people that believe in the grace of Jesus Christ would you pray with me Lord we thank you for giving us gifts we thank you for the, the things that we have. We thank you for the spiritual gifts that we have, the talents that you've given us, all of that stuff. But never let us forget that it's for you that we are here. It is because of you that you are here, and it is for you that we are here. Never let us forget that everything that we do is about our faith. We are not defined by our actions. We are defined by our faith, and our faith leads us to follow you, which gives us actions that are blessings. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray, amen. It's, it's wonderful when we, when we take our faith first, our actions become that of emulating Christ. It becomes more about welcoming people. It can, becomes more about loving your neighbor. It becomes more of that and less about um, the, the carpet and the, the chairs and stuff, although I love the chairs. The chairs are awesome. But when we first, uh, when we first moved here, I was so, I, I'd come from uh, some situations where it was so much about what we have done to this church and all the things that we have done and the pretties and all this stuff. When we first came in here, it looked clean and it looked just wonderful. And I think only Allison knows this, and I can't remember where I did it. But (laughs) I took some grape juice, and I went, boink, let me be the first. (laughs) Because that's what it's about. It's not about the carpet that we stand on. It's what we do here, and it's who we do it for.